Okay, lovely people, we are back. It is 2020. I know it's been a rough year for many, um, but welcome back to His and Her Roots, Utters of the Black Experience. Um, we are very excited to come back to you. Um, it's so much to share, so much going on in the world, so much that has affected us. Um, yeah, it's so much, it's so much, it's so much. But we're going to dive right into it because this is a great time to have a conversation and really kind of tease this out. I don't know about y'all, but 2020 has really been messing with my mental health. Um, it has been affecting the black community, um, our black children, going to school, um, the economy. Yeah, it's been doing a lot. So we just going to dive right into it with this post-quarantine um, podcast for you all. So welcome back to us. Um, and I'm going to just pose the question. I got Dominique and Khalif. We all here together. We are excited to be back. We all been in the house. We've been keeping, you know, washing our hands and getting the hand sanitizer and putting the mask on. But it's really important that we come back to you post-quarantine stronger than, and better than ever. Um, better than ever. So we're going to dive right in. What have we been up to? What we're doing? What, what's been going on? How has everybody been coping with this time? So anybody can take it. As y'all know, it's been messing with me. But anybody else? Um, it's been a very interesting time. I really don't like, um, I really don't like wearing a mask and like having a, having a quarantine and everything. Um, I haven't been quarantining for two weeks. I haven't, like, I'm just going to be honest. You've been out here? I feel like I've been out here. Okay. Um, uh, right when stuff started opening up, that just been going out because I just feel like, Mm I can't be trapped in the house forever. Like, right. I'm not going to be... You know, I practice social distancing. I wash my hands, you know, use hand sanitizer and all that. Right. Um, but I just I just can't do it. But um, but I am glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's been... I've just been doing me as much as possible, so... Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely excited to be back. Uh, I can't say that I've been quarantining this whole time either. I've been out and about. Yeah, I hear this right. Uh, right. Just because I feel like it's it's needed for my mental health to be able to get outside, see friends, see family, um, and also just enjoy living. Now, of course, take the proper safety precautions when I do go outside, but um, yeah, you're not gonna keep me in the house for long. So I have been out. I've been writing, teaching, doing a lot of different things during this time, and just being aware of my health, but also being aware of my happiness. Cool. I mean, speaking of awareness, as we know, like we said, it's been a lot going on. Everything's from the Black Lives Matter movement that we have all been a part of in some way, shape, or form. We can kind of get into that. Um there's been some riots. I mean, there's been some, some peaceful protests around this, but there's also been um, some conversations in our community and some actions that have been done that are questionable. And, and we kind of want to hear from you all, but we're going to share our take on it just because it has been in our communities. It's been in our backyards. It has affected um, our families because of it. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I've looked at some of this stuff in shock, some of it in tears, some of it. I was laughing. I was like, what is going on? We mad out here. They said, forget this quarantine. We out here and we getting stuff. So, um, But then there's been some very peaceful protests, but I'm hoping that everyone has 
been keeping their ear to the ground about about what we are all talking about what has what's the conversation what is the movement um how are we moving in our different communities um how is it affecting um how we move forward there's been businesses that have been jumping on board i don't know about y'all but i've been getting numerous emails yeah. talking about we stand with the people randomly um i was like what that's fine what y'all doing um i yeah, just came are, in here randomly. right <laughs> i was just in there and i ain't seen not one black employee uh, huh? with that supervisor tag hold on, on. Hold, on, hold up hold up backtrack though backtrack yeah though. Um, i'm with you so riot or peace what y'all think like which ones which one you think is i feel like both I think both are needed. I'm I'm gonna have to get dominate. Right, explain. I can't just be. No, I feel like no, I feel no, no. (laughs) It's not not lukewarm, but I definitely feel like you know how people say like rioting isn't the right way, um, Mm -hmm. and we just all need to just be peaceful. I don't. I don't feel that way. I also feel like we all need to just be rioting and just blowing stuff up. I don't feel like that either. I feel like there's. There's different strokes for different folks. I feel like we need we need people to be peaceful. We need people to you know go right. to people and articulate clearly what they want mm-hmm. peacefully. We need people to cooperate with people, but yeah. we also need peace people. We also need a group that on the shows, front line. yeah on yeah. the front lines. Not so, everybody's front line soldiers. So like a healthy mix of everything. You yeah, do? I think so. I think what's interesting is that how we in our black community judge each other for how this is looking. I mean, it says Black Lives Matter. And then I feel like all black people, we looking at each other like, well, what you doing for the movement? What you mm-hmm. doing for the movement? And I'm like, just because I'm not on the front lines doesn't mean I don't stand for it. Doesn't mean I don't wake up crying, worry. It doesn't mean I'm not out here um, using social media as a platform. It doesn't mean I'm not talking to my family about how it affects them right. and my friends. Right. So I think it's interesting that sometimes we get into this cycle of a policing each other around what it means to be a part of something together. We are all not the same. We share many things alike, yes. We have many traumas that our, uh, the streets that we live on and grew up on and whatever are very similar. But by no means should we judge each other for where we are in the movement. There are some of us who are still just trying to get educated. Um, there's some of us who are like, I'm all about the action. I don't even need nobody to tell me when I'm just on go. And I get that too. But I think you're right that there should be a mix of um, peaceful protests, those who can, um, who are doing things within their smaller communities, and then we need fun- those who are on the front lines who are ready to rock. And yeah. I'm not saying we should tear down our own communities. I'm not even saying we should go into other communities and tear down theirs, although I thought about it like once or twice or three times. Um, I was like, <laughs> we should go somewhere else and just make it happen. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Ask then, huh? So, with that being said, mm-hmm. like I know for me personally, like I'm not going to go and loop and steal nothing from anything from anybody. That's I had just, about it. Yeah, but I'm also, like, I'm on some shit where I'm like, if I see somebody doing that, like, yeah, if that works for you during this time, then if that's how you're dealing with this, then I can't say anything about that. Like, But I'm personally, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to personally judge her or him for however they go about doing it. Because I at just, the end of the yeah. day, it's yeah. crazy how, the thing is, people not that people miss throughout this whole time, it's like, yo, we literally... We literally, I had a conversation with my friends and I was like, he was celebrating July 4th. And I was like, July 4th? Not yeah. Juneteenth? Okay. Nah, July 4th. Not that I'm judging. Oh, I just so, did it. Never mind. So, like, he gave me a few reasons as to why, as to why he was celebrating it. Okay. And I, I'm just a very understanding person. I feel like I'm in no shoes to judge anybody. But what I was trying to under, get him to understand is like, yo, people are, were rioting and fighting for basic human rights in a country. 
that we're supposed to be citizens and we're supposed to be treated fairly and equally. Like we're fighting to get treated equally. Right. In a country that we were born and raised in, it just doesn't make sense that we have to do that. So that's why I feel like I'm not in a place to judge anybody with however they want to react to whatever's going on. Because I feel like, man, and even me celebrating July 4th is almost like, damn, why am I celebrating independence in a country that I'm not even free in? Like, I technically still am not free here. And so right. it just it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel sad. And being a father, you know, it just makes yeah, me feel how like... Yeah, how do we have the conversation with our children? Yeah, it's just like, um, oh, damn. And you're educated. We're all educators. Like, how do we have a conversation with the yeah, next generation? Like, I don't even like, like I don't even like my son even playing with police cars right now. Like, mm. I don't. I feel some kind of way about it. True. Because I'm just like, they're supposed to serve and protect. And then if you go back and you research, like, what police were actually implemented for, mm-hmm. it's like it, slave patrols. Exactly. So it's wow. like, man, I don't know. I just got very mixed views on everything, but I'm also. I feel like I've been raised to tolerate a lot. So many, I'm, I'm yeah, used I think to tolerating and used to like giving people a pass. No matter the color, no matter what, I'm used to just like giving yeah. people the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like the so time So when do for we that, hold folks accountable? I feel like yeah. we need to do that so, exactly. now. Exactly. So you made that, made that point though. So what if people who are policing the black community feel like they're trying to hold each other, other blacks accountable? accountable. Like, no, I don't... You're not doing what I'm doing, but you still should be doing something else. You still should be doing this because this is not just a fight about me. Or right. This is a fight for you can't just stand still. For you all have of to us. kind of keep moving. Um, it's crazy because right after uh, the protests, um, as well as the riots, both mm-hmm. peaceful and, and, and a little bit violent, um, my daughters and I got a chance to walk the very streets that this all happened and to see the broken glass and the graffiti. And the do not cross signs in one in one breath, and then in another breath, see police officers acknowledging us as we walked and saying hello and complimenting my daughter on her her face mask, and I was really puzzled. And I was like, "Wow, what's happening here?" You know, and I wasn't sure how to feel. And even my daughter was like, "Do I acknowledge this officer and smile and say thank you, or do I keep it moving and don't?" get you know direct eye contact because i know what and who they were and how they are in these communities and i mean yeah yeah, i think it's just very interesting it's very interesting it's almost like this one of my friends was telling me she she was like yo there are no good cops and i was struggling with it she was like yo they're not they're not they're not allowed to be good that's Mm. what she was saying she was saying like in certain instances, it's the badge. <laughs> they're not. They're not allowed to be good. There was also something I read in the news not too long ago where I, I don't believe I don't remember exactly what I saw, like word for word or verbatim. But I remember there was like a cop who was wearing like a Black Lives Matter face mask and he was relieved of his duties because. Oh yeah, there were many who were so, getting in trouble for stamp. I'm yeah. just like, damn, like. Bro can't even be a good cop if he want to be a good cop. Like he can't even acknowledge that black yeah. lives matter. Like, he can't even, it's like you don't you don't even allow room for the growth. You don't really allow room for him to be a positive cop. Like, and I feel like you can't. I I completely agree. You can't be a good cop because you're 
operating under a racist system. Absolutely. You're operating, no matter how much good of a person, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a cop because I'm going to show people the different ways cops are, but you still got to answer to somebody. You You still got restrictions. Yeah, you still got Mm -hmm. restrictions that you got to follow. So how can you, like you said, how can you be a quote-unquote good cop? Because to me, if a cop not out there killing somebody or if they're doing all the, you know, even if they're not doing stop, you know, if they're not doing those things, they're just doing their job. Mm-hmm. You, don't get no, of, you don't get no good reward for just being a good person. I saw this one cop. When we, I'm sorry, I'm just going back to that moment because it was so powerful. There was a group of cops, and they were on, I want to say, Walnut... No, excuse me, Chestnut Street here in Philadelphia and like 16th. And what was interesting that in that group where there were a number of cops who were not of color mm-hmm. it, talking to each other, you know, t- messing around, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They were on the corner. And then you saw this one cop who was of color and they were standing off alone by themselves, just kind of looking along and down the street. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture of it because I thought it was such an interesting... Um, space for that cop to be in where although he's in Philadelphia um, predominantly you know it's a diverse city you can say right Um, in some way shape or form but I think it was interesting seeing that black cop stand alone like in his I don't know in his own skin alone with the badge on with the blue on but not feel a part of anything like in that moment it just didn't feel like he felt a part of any of it. So not only did the cop not stand with his white counterparts, he also didn't quite connect with the black community. Also, he was standing in his blackness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, kind of standing in the middle. You're going to put his... And, and honestly, right? yeah, he's standing yeah. in the middle, but really there is no middle. Like, <laughs> right. Is he you with it or you not? Yeah, so to yeah. me it's like, it was so the hard thing about it for me is just like, if you talk about, if you look at a black cop, right? This man, he's a cop. This is probably how he provides for himself, but maybe his family as well. Um, there's so many things. Maybe he did take that job thinking he could make a difference. Yeah. But now being in it and seeing what's going on, especially in the times, you start, he's probably, I mean, people are starting to realize, like, damn, like, I can infiltrate this, but I can't even, like, really do what I want to do. It's kind of like when you take a job thinking like you can move up, but really you're stuck where you are. Yeah, many of us have experienced um, that. Just, yeah. So to me, it's like, it's a hard spot to be in. Like, I got a brother that's a cop. Mm-hmm. And I also got a brother that be in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got so many brothers that's on so many different spectrums. I got a mm-hmm. brother that runs his own podcast. Like, I got so many different of them. But for me, it's like, I even feel like my brother who's a cop the rest of my brothers kind of like, kind of don't bang with him like that. Like mm-hmm. they kind of like isolate themselves from him. Like, yeah, he cool, that's our bro, but nothing past that. And that's like our blood, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Only I because know. he took an oath, right? But what more. is it, what, did anyone ask him the reason why he wanted to be a cop? To protect and serve. You think you're protecting and serving. But what are you protecting and serving? Mm-hmm. That's the real question. That's what we was chanting. Who do you protect? Who do you serve? You know what I mean? yeah. So it's like, Jeez, that's a good it's so, so much into this. Like, and I feel like when I talk to people, some people want to have like this optimistic view of certain things. And I'm just like, man, I don't really want to hear that shit because 
you just looking at it from the surface, like, oh yeah, he's a black cop, he's trying to provide support his family, but it's like it's something bigger at stake. Like Yeah. I mean it's like honestly this is a chance for you to really make a stand and really make a change during these times by like not putting up with this shit. Like I'm pretty sure like I, t- I even talked to some cops, like you know like they gotta try to reach a certain quota at the end of the year for like traffic stops and stuff like that. Yeah, towards perfect. the end of the year. Like that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some real shit. Like Yeah, like the so they just they might have to stop you randomly like, like Philadelphia what? No. Yeah. Fine authority. <laughs> stop and randomly like check you or randomly frisk you like yeah. It's crazy. Wait, what? Is it, you're not doing your job? Like, either yeah, this or you're not. Like, I, it's a, man. So now they just stop at anybody and everybody. They can. And, and it's a, it, was, it was a cop that I know who was a Temple University football cop. He, he didn't just work there. He worked, he was just Temple University cop. He just died not too long ago. Officer Jonesy. R.I.D. Officer Jonesy. Like, yeah, he was a really good cop. And he literally would talk to me about certain, a lot of different things. Like, I would visit steakhouses with, with him. I would go to different places with him and talk to him. And, like, you could tell he loved his job because he loved being around the community, trying to help serve and protect. But it just, I don't know. I felt like he knew that he couldn't make a bigger impact than what he already did. Even though for us, especially the black men, we was already affected by him in positive ways. But for him to, uh, to do more... It, it would have been really, really, really hard. Or he had to almost like not get, not do his job. Yeah. To to see, you know, certain things happening. And I mean, that's shit tough. It's, it's a hard. It's just hard, man. It's hard. And um, I think that when we have the conversations about defunding the police, I feel like absolutely we should defund the police. But is the police actually like when you mentioned that uh, that man? Officer Jonesy, mm-hmm. if somebody can't do their job the way they feel like they're being effective mm-hmm. under this police system, is the police even are is there nece- are they necessary? Mm-hmm. And I personally don't think they are. Like I don't think that. Of course, like if we eradicate the police, we also need to establish something. Yeah. You know, like we just can't get, uh, we just can't live in a society without, but there's nobody to check the police. And that's the problem. Right. Not even the mayor. There's nobody to check them. Okay, so who's, it's it's so many different. Not even the criminal justice system. Okay, so this other implemented system, who going to check them? I feel like there needs to be. Just like in schools, you had the city or team, you had police in schools, you had the teachers, you had the principals. If a, something occurred in a school, you got different people that you can go to for mm. help. You may go to the teacher if a student is being disrespectful because you know that that student got a relationship with that teacher. You may not go to the principal because you know that the principal might uh, reprimand that student. Mm. You got different people. There's not different people that we can go to when something happens in our community. And I think that's what they're trying to to have the conversation of, right? With defunding the police, what does it mean? It's holding, allowing these other community organizations and systems to be a part of policing, right? When someone is having a drug overdose, do you call the police or do you call someone who is better fit to handle that, um, what would now be a patient, someone mm-hmm. who is ill? Um, that killing that happened by the, by a gentleman 
who was trying to help a mental um a young man who was mentally ill he ended up getting shot in the street i can't remember his name because there's so many names but i remember hearing that story and going all he was trying to do was help this child who was having a moment because of mental health whatever it may be mm -hmm. and they shot that man mm -hmm. because of it because he was trying to to help um and i thought it was i thought it was messed up i thought i thought wow how ill-informed can you be um that there's something wrong even with our police officers and their mental health i mean there was something in the news and it's been conversations around many of the police feeling traumatized by the movement and they feel threatened in their families and they're being attacked and I, and i get it that i get part of that but i do think there's a responsibility that they have to say this is a lot on us we are experiencing a lot as professionals in the criminal justice system, we need help. And then for someone to say, wow, we have all these other communities and systems that can be in place to help police, to police the communities, to help and to, to protect and serve the communities. Because after a while, if you're only coming in when trouble is happening, mm -hmm. when you feel attacked or whatever it may be, there's so many of them who are acting based off of their own fucking insanity. Um, you know, they really are killing us one after another because they are quote unquote having these other issues. Um, they need help and they need to be off the force. They need to be fucking death. They don't need to be paid paid um, and, and on vacation while we look into a case of them killing another innocent man or woman. It's just, um, I think it's, it's just getting out of hand. I know there's a lot of conversation about it, but I, I do want to address that I personally do understand that this shit can get traumatizing. And I'm not an officer. I am not. I don't walk in those shoes every day. But I see enough in my own community and other communities to know it, it does It does hurt. And after a while, you are in fear. And you are trying to make sense of it. But I don't think killing is the, it should be the answer. Killing off innocent people when all you need to do is get the proper training to help support your job. You yeah. should be getting trained often in moments where you are in fear what does that look like how can we handle that and why you are feel you unsafe here? why do you feel unsafe you have the badge you have the training why do you feel this way and have that conversation yeah. often with their officers well, see i don't not I, just a pet talk to go go out into the community and kill all and get your gun and make sure you load it i don't even buy that but I how do you train someone don't even, who don't even have a they like a yeah. Why, very like why should why do we have to why should anybody off the street with a racist mindset be a police and be like oh well we just gonna train them train them train well, them I can't go and curse my boss out and then or kill somebody or threaten somebody life and then get trained and then get vacation time. I'm tell you this. <laughs> get vacation time you go ahead and you go take a vacation two points but the first point I think is most important and I heard this on something else I was listening to I was talking to somebody mm -hmm. And I thought this, but I never thought to say it this way, right? <laughs> so look, this guy said, if you take the badge off, the uniform off, and you just witness any of these things that are going on, and you just take the badge right off of the person who's doing it, it's murder. Like, there's no, not, not even a question about it. If I go and do anything, like what we've seen on camera countless amount of times, there's no question about it. There's no, there doesn't need any investigation. There doesn't need to be any kind of, oh, me being laid off. None of that. 
it's like we already know what it is. Yeah. And the thing about it is, you need to teach the, the police officers the law. A lot of them don't even know. The laws, I don't think they're. Right? Yeah, I think their training is You're, is poor. You, they don't they even are know the, the laws. Law. And then yeah. people say, "Oh, well, this officer was scared." Okay. Granted. Some rookie. If you first of all, if you have <laughs> if you have kidding. a man apprehended and you have him in handcuffs, yeah. he's no longer a threat to you. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, we're talking about George you have Floyd. Plenty of, you have plenty of uh, instances where the man may have done something to be arrested. Well, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Like, okay, if he deserves to be arrested, sure. But if he's running away from you, like, he does not deserve to be... He's no to longer be shot a threat. in the back. He's no longer a threat to you. There's no type of... There's nothing you can say. There's no... There's if no he's excuse in fear of you, up. there should be... Yeah. Exactly. So, I honestly think it becomes like almost like a, like a pride thing. Almost like... Mm-hmm. They got into a little scuffle. Okay, cool. Yeah, he probably needed to go to jail for that. He probably needed to get locked up for that. If you hitting hitting anyone or hitting a cop or whatever. Okay, cool. I could understand that. I could even understand. It's so sad, but I could understand them. Like even if you if you just shove George Floyd into the car and just close it and just take him to jail. Like I'm. They used to show that when the cop shows. Don't they show that? Mm-hmm. The cops coming cool in, shoving that. the man. Yeah. I'm almost cool with that. I'm like, yeah, that that's, no more. that's fucked up. He probably shouldn't have done that to him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I'd rather him do that than to to kill him in plain sight like what we saw. Right. It's just, yeah. I'd rather him do that. And my thing is, why was the police even called? The police was called because it was seemed as though he was given a fake $20 Let's bill. And the thing um, is, I was in CVS yeah. one time, and the guy um, in line and the manager... The guy gave uh, uh, the manager mm-hmm. uh, a bill, probably like a twenty or a ten. She was she looked at it, held it up, you know, tried to see the watermark or so. I guess she couldn't see it, and she accused him of giving him a fake uh, bill. Crazy. So he snapped, mm-hmm. right? Like it was security guard there. He snapped. I wouldn't give you the bill. My grandma gave to send me well, this and so the third. For clarification, is this a white guy? No, it's black. It's a black guy. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Black guy. Puerto Rican uh, lady. Mm-hmm. The first thing she said, I'm going to call the police. I feel like it shouldn't be. The police should not handle situations nope. like that. You don't nope. know the police that you're calling nope. just got finished dealing, arresting somebody for robbing somebody. So they already on 10. Yep. They're coming to the situation. That's a level one situation on 10. That is, like that is that's not that's not okay. The police should not be the only people patrolling these areas. That's a good point. So even and it's funny that you say that too because a guy I was talking to about that he was saying about something similar. He was like he had wrote out. I think it was either on Instagram or Twitter. He was like I had an instance where I brought a fake ten dollar bill to a store and. The people who were in the store, who were running the store, were kind of like, bro, you can't buy anything with that. Like, kind of like laughed it off and was mm-hmm. like joking with it. He said, like, it just amazes him that that's what got somebody killed. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, this is a this is a story that I go and tell my friends and joke around with. Like, yo, I really brought a $10 bill into the store and they wasn't going to let me buy anything. Right. And now he's thinking about it like, shit, that's crazy that that actually got somebody killed. Right. Crazy. Instead of going through proper protocols, and I feel like people know what they're doing Absolutely. when saying, I'm going to call the police on a black person. 
they know exactly what they're doing yep. because anybody with any sort of common sense know that calling the police i seen the tweet that said calling the police on black people is like calling the hitman y'all know are so right when that woman said i'm gonna call the police he got even more mad yeah. and he, i got my stuff and i left but yeah. he got even more mad and a security guard who was a black man he turned to him and he was like you know what she doing is wrong and he just sitting there like well let her do what she gotta do and he's like no like you know if the police i don't i wasn't there to see if the police came but mm -hmm. if the police would have came in that moment the only thing they would have saw was this man acting irate the security guard sit standing there being calm the woman being calm because she already know oh i got the card i can use the police card on you mm -hmm. And so they would have automatically went to the guy when the guy is just trying to prove himself. If you accuse me of anything that I know I didn't do, it doesn't matter what race you are, anybody's going to be upset. Now, if you provoke me and say, oh, I'm going to call this person on you, I'm going to be even more upset. I keep comparing it how it is in school because I feel like this is exactly how school to prison pipeline yep exactly how it is in school i'm gonna call this i'm gonna call your mom i'm gonna call your dad i'm gonna call the principal you keep throwing all these threats and yeah. that's what they are threats you keep throwing all these threats at somebody trying to in your mind you feel like you're de-escalating the situation oh i'm gonna get you in trouble i'm gonna get you in trouble that's going to provoke somebody it's going to provoke anybody yeah so so it's funny that you say that too because this is it's a guy that works at my school and we were having zoom calls we were talking about the effect that like calling for support for a student or it could be something minimal that kids just do because they're kids. Mm -hmm. You already like plant that seed in them as a young, it's like almost, he's like, he was on a Zoom call like, I honestly feel like I was part of the problem because I was, I was doing this to kids because I knew it was scaring them and I knew they were just being kids but it was like, it was like a quick fix for me. It was like, I'm gonna mm -hmm. call to make sure like Somebody comes in and steps in, and and it's just like now I'm getting kids suspended and possibly kicked out the school because they're doing things. But this is the part where we hold each other accountable, right? Like right when he said that, does he then pull that other professional to the side and went, "This is the reason why in which I called you. This is some of what I would right. like to see happen with this young person to ensure it doesn't happen again." But he's saying, "Do he I didn't. think right, right, right?" He yeah. said he couldn't, but my question is. Why, as we continue to go up the ladder on people who can support us, that we feel like we don't have the power anymore? There needs to be something with the power struggles and how we look at it, rather than schools and on the forest and in the streets and going, we have to feel like we still have power and a voice along the way yes. of helping and supporting. Because saying that and going, it was out of my hands after that, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for that young person who's not affected by your your inability to um, engage with them in, you know, whatever it was, right? Yeah, um, so. de whatever. And then it puts a sour taste in their mouth moving forward. How can they come to you afterward? I don't know if that's always a lesson taught once a young person realizes you are the person that's going to call someone on me. Um, it's, yeah. It's how you, honestly, it's, it's how you, like, like you I, can I, deteriorate I a relationship. A like that, you can deteriorate a relationship that. that you have with a with, with a kid if you call you know back up or call whoever because they're doing what a kid normally does like mm -hmm. kids act out like kids do certain things and it's just like he was saying because this is a white guy by the way this is a white guy who was saying this he was mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. he was like oh i just feel like i don't know if it was genuine or not but i felt like it was a good <laughs> point because he was just like man i just felt like 
I was part of the problem because and, uh, no, was, and all white folks during this time <laughs> is now confessing they undying love for black people in the community. Just that FYI, is, that is absolutely true. They all out here taking full responsibility and understanding their role. Blah blah blah. blah. I wanted to get to something. By the way, um, I'm not sure if you guys brought it up. Uh, Breonna Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. Those police are still Same. have still not been charged. They still have not been held accountable for their their lack of policing, their inability to know they were wrong. Um, you know, and I just think, I just think that that is ridiculous. Again, I've been watching the news. I know, I feel like in the Black Lives Matter movement, it was such on a high in June and we're now in July and some of the, the stories and the conversations and day to day are dwindling. I don't want us to forget about those who are not being held accountable for their fucking ill practice and what, you know, what they do on the job and the fact that this woman is no longer here to celebrate and Sad. continue her life Horrible. because of the incompetence of those officers and the fucking fact that the gun came first before the conversation, before announcing who they were, this woman was gunned down in her own and home. It's, it's um, while sleeping. While sleeping. I mean, Sad. come on. You know, mm-hmm. this woman has a family. I mean, people who depended this, on her from day to day. To something, I don't know if we touched on it earlier mm-hmm. or we talked about it before, but it goes into like the crumb feeding. Right, the crumb feeding as far as, oh, we're going to paint Black Lives Matter on the street. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And to me, that's that's sweet. Like, it looks nice. It's cool, but it's not. It's an individual message, which is sometimes what people need as reminders. Sure. So you can step on it and drive your car. Yes. It's not. It's. I mean, I'm okay with that. Wait a minute. I'm okay with my car. No, but I'm saying like. (laughs) To me, that's like crumb feeding to me. That's like, uh-huh. that's not the real problem. Yeah. Cool, you can give us that. You can give Nobody us something like that. For that. We didn't ask for that. That's not creating Again, any from, real change. Some communities need visuals of things mm. that matter to them, just like the statues. Right now, in the conversation of these statues, people are arguing that these his, this historic statues of people who did wrong in the community should matter just as much as whatever. Sure. And the conversation is, these visuals are no longer needed and serve us a purpose. At the time, they were a reminder to those who it affected that you must stay in your place. And because of that, we are going to put this person now in bronze and whatever the hell else uh, the statues are made out of as a reminder to you of this is what history is. Mm -hmm. I think this, in the black community, us saying, you know what, we want our own visuals that matter to us that we can come to and commemorate in some way, shape, or form. I think that matters. I think it's the same way that we name our schools. It's the same way we name streets after our our innovators and educators and creatives in our communities. I think it matters. Absolutely. But, but it matters. What, rather, rather no, I'm not going to give you this, but I'll give you I'll give you something yeah, yeah, smaller. Yeah. I'm not going to give you what I you really you, want, but I'll I give you something. To sh- but I'll give you something to shut up for now. It's like almost like when we first moved here, like across the street. Yes, this is something visual. I used to love that house, like living across the street. Now, if I look at it so many times now, I don't even pay it no mind anymore. Dang, like, I, MLK Junior like, Boulevard and every hood. I'm just saying. Dang. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> I remember when. Nah, I'm just like, yo, I'm not even paying this shit no mind no more. Like, eventually, people are just going to not pay it any mind anymore. And I think that um, 
they're not doing it because of that reason. They're not doing it because, oh, we're just going to give them a visual of what they, of what they want. Like, of, you know, this is just a constant reminder. No, they're doing it. Oh, we just going to do this little thing. We just going to, we just going to change in your mama. Unprovoked. We just going to do that because we know, yeah. we always knew that she was a slave. We always right. knew that, that she but we just going to do it just, to be, just to shut time. y'all up, just right. to, just to make y'all mm-hmm. oh, okay that's cool they did that just yeah. to keep y'all minds uh, don't forget the real ben. problem right Dang. that's not the real problem that rice wasn't that good we, so the now, thing is because they did that because they did that that old that shows that they always knew that it was wrong exactly because it was unprovoked i think this was a conversation maybe i want to say three four years back so it's interesting that it's all coming up again kind of like wait we didn't solve this problem three four years ago we just we just doing stuff can I also just bring something up? I'm sorry, because I know we are we are getting very excited about it. The LGBTQIA plus community, transgender, black transgenders, um, the transgender community is slowly um, being attacked once again. And, and I've been, I don't know about you all, but I've been keeping my ear to the ground and very saddened to hear that they're, they're the how can I put this? The noise is not as loud when it comes to different subpopulations within the black community. Mm. And I'm a little concerned that as we're talking about one, and then we look in their background and who they are, that we often kind of turn our nose up at those who <clears throat> identify in any way, shape or form um, <clears throat> as something that is not comfortable for our community. And the LGBTQIA community, it's never been comfortable. And transgender is one of those things, no, people still have issues with. But I just want, I personally want to acknowledge the killings and the deaths that are taking place constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the cool. many men and women who are missing in our communities, who again, were loved by someone, um, who, who were cherished in their communities, who meant something to somebody, and now they are now gone because of a senseless act. Because someone in their own sick mind thought that it was okay to take the life of a person because they made you uncomfortable or they did they did not mirror what you would want them to mirror so i just wanted to acknowledge because i i don't know again i'm not good with names jolie is not good with names i will never sit here and say i know all those who were gunned down by police all those who all black gender who black um transgender um men and women who were i would never say that i know all the names but i do want to acknowledge that these deaths are senseless yeah. We have no right to take the life of people because we are in fear, because we don't understand, because it's not for us. We don't have that right. And there are so many who I wish I could help in some way, shape, or form be the voice of those communities as well. Rather, I identify with it or not. I don't even give a damn about that. I just, I hope people understand as they're listening to this that we stand for all those in our community, yeah. you know, who, who experienced the black experience because that's what it is regardless mm-hmm. of and, and in, who we are and who we identify with. The black experience is what we all hold very true to our hearts and what we're going to experience regardless. So Yeah, I think it, I feel sad when I hear about that, especially because I know a lot of people in that community um, related to me or not related to me. And I just feel like it's corny that people think it's okay um, to treat them, to treat them less than, and less to than kill them. I don't, and I don't feel like anybody deserves their life is not valued. Taken, right? Let alone them. I mean, uh, it's always easy for us to grab on to things that impact our life directly. Um, right. Like, 
for some instance, someone who's in the LGBTQ, like they have to deal with those things daily. And daily. Maybe wake up someone daily. like me, I may not have to, you know, partake or even feel like what it feels like to be them. Um, and I think it's important that we do take time to uh, put yourself in, into other people's shoes and really try to understand not and, just your fight, but mm-hmm. other people's fight. And well. be a part of those communities and hear those voices and mm-hmm. and not feel like it's not for you, so it's not for you. Like I said, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of going in there getting TVs, but I, I'm not against you needing an extra, an extra TV. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just not in fear of it, but I... I do st- I, again. I stand with those families who have lost someone in, in their in their life who they loved, or those who created their own families because their blood family did not accept them. I, you know, my heart goes out to those small those communities who are getting bigger and bigger. By the way, because as we know, we're not all the same. We don't all love and feel the same. We are not all waking up every day with the same thoughts, ideas, and promises in our lives. And I. I just think we, you know, I just want to say that we, his and her, uh, his and her roots acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, again, post-quarantine, as you notice, we had a lot to share, a lot to say. It's a lot going on in our community. Um, and we don't want to dive any deep because I feel like we, we burning for some more um, topics that we plan to give to you as soon as possible. But again, we wanted to touch on these few things about, about how we're feeling. Entanglements. Oh, That's geez. next. We, oh. we just we just we just gonna throw that word out there. Don't don't be out here. Don't be shy. Um, but <laughs> don't be shy when we talk about it. Um, but again, Black Lives Matter. Um, it's not just a movement. It's a lifestyle. And if we're gonna talk about it as it relates to police brutality and and that badge, we also have to talk about it in our own communities and what that means for us. Because July fourth weekend. Was that, am I right? And I think Father's Day weekend was a shit show across the United States in our urban communities. Many were dying. Yep. Um, many were killed. Children, one, a one-year-old in New York is no longer with her mom and dad and mm-hmm. grandparents. And, you know, that is just sad. And we have to hold our own selves accountable, too, and have a conversation about gun violence and how that is affecting, again, the black community, regardless of who is holding the gun. It is a problem that we need to address. Anybody got any last words? I would love to talk about the gun violence in um and it's the violence in uh specifically Philadelphia but in um any community. Yeah. Um I, I you know, I'm going to save that conversation. Save that conversation. But table it. I'm going to yeah. put it in my piggy bank. Okay. But okay. I am going to talk about we are going to talk about it's important. it. And, and I don't think there's enough conversation. Everybody's having conversations on it on their doorsteps and I don't think that's good enough when we're talking about gun violence um mm. Kelly, if you got anything else for the people nah I think y'all tackled everything ain't nothing left for me to tell you okay again um we want to thank you we are finally back we're we are loud and proud about how we're feeling about the black experience talking about his and her roots and as you know our roots are all interconnected I think that's all I got um I had nothing deep after that um <laughs> <laughs> um Please, please follow us on Instagram, his and her underscore roots. Um, we are going to start posting more. Again, quarantine had us all down, had us all hyper-focused on our lives and um, taking care of our own mental health. But we are back. We are having conversations. And it sounds like our next one will be entanglement. Absolutely. Because our community seemed to got it mixed up and confused. I ain't letting y'all get away that easy. 
<laughs> we had a pre-conversation. That's why you're talking crap. Um, but I'm excited to share that that is our next conversation. So thank you all. We are out. His and Her Roots, Spotify, Apple Music, Google. I don't know. We, we around. We around. So that's what we got. <laughs>